This podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Blueprint, your 10-week program to becoming more mindful in your life. This includes mindful eating, mindful living, mindful exercise, as well as detoxing from technology and creating your own mindful blueprint. Check it out on the website at www.mgherbs.com. My name is Melissa Gearing and I am The Naked Naturopath. Thanks for listening in. Hi everybody, welcome back to The Naked Naturopath. Today it is overcast and rainy and I think winter is truly upon us. So I wanted to do a podcast on winter wellness and I've also had a few requests through for um, various things but Louise, I'm going to incorporate your sinus questions into this podcast um, because you know sinusitis, bronchitis, common cold, flu, influenza, they all kind of go hand in hand. I've also had a uh, a bunch of um, beautiful, beautiful uh, emails back on the previous podcast on herbs. So I really want to talk about herbs um, during this time as well and get you guys more excited about herbs because I um, I was really surprised by the response and I think that it's, it's a beautiful thing when we can be involved with what we take, um, which is something that I try to encourage in all my clients. So winter wellness, oh where to start. It's such, such a huge topic, but um, I really want to keep it quite simple and I don't want to have any fear. (laughs) I went through, back through one of my old um, seminars that I went to, it's called Immunity, the New Priority for the 21st Century Patient. And it's by Professor Kerry Bone and he's a genius and I love him. and he's really fantastic, but he talks a lot about surviving the post-antibiotic era. And um, that's a really scary thing. So, you know, I, I don't want people to think that antibiotics are not a drug that they should take. However, I will I will go through why it's maybe not the best option, depending on what is going on for you. We know that we have antibiotic-resistant bugs now in Australia. Um, We actually have around 7,000 people die from antibiotic resistance every year. So that's around 20 20 people per day in Australia alone. That's huge, you know. That's, That's an enormous amount of people who have developed resistance over time to antibiotics so can no longer be treated for really simple infections that, um, you know, I think that as a healthy general public, we we would never expect to die from. Um, we're, we're also one of the highest users of antibiotics in the world. So we script out 22 doses of antibiotics per 1,000 people every single day in Australia. It's enormous. Um, and the thing about antibiotic resistance is that nobody's willing to make new antibiotics. So uh, for most of my listeners, you will know by now that um, a lot a lot of drug, um, you know, a lot of drugs come about because of money. <laughs> there is an underlying tone of financial gain. So if money cannot be made long term from a drug, then all of the work that is needed to create that drug 
is unfounded. For example, if you can put somebody on a cholesterol medication or a heart, you know, BP medication, they're going to be on that for the rest of their life unless they come see me and we have a talk and and we can do some work with herbs. Um, With an antibiotic, somebody's on that for maybe 10 days, two weeks, um, you know, short term. And then if that antibiotic if that um, that bug becomes resistant to that antibiotic, it's it's null and void. You know, it it doesn't get used anymore. So, as a company, as a business, this is the worst financial you know investment that you could make to have your labs and your scientists creating, doing all that work to create new antibiotics for short term use and for possibly um, you know a very short term um, overall that that is not required anymore. So. There's no real new antibiotics being invested. I think um, it's ironic that I'm talking about this and you can hear that I'm quite snuffly. In the last two podcasts, I've had a really bad cough. But let me tell you a little story. My mum caught this off me. I actually caught it off my husband and he's fine. He has a great immune system. I, I have built him up over the last three years because he used to get sick all the time. He worked in hospitals. He had a lot of resistance um, to antibiotics because all of these hospitals are like hotbeds for um, resistant bacteria. So if you work in a hospital, you have antibiotic resistant bacteria already. You cannot help that. Um, but he, you know, he, if he got sick, he would go down for the count for a week, maybe two, and he'd be out of it. So when he got it, um, he was he was tired, but he was back up and at it in a couple of days, and he didn't develop a cough. And you know, as a healer, I definitely look after other people better than myself. <laughs> so when I caught it, I kept doing my thing. You know, I was I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. And I did my throat spray and I did my herbs and all that kind of stuff, which I'm still doing. But um, for me, I have a very poor immune system because it was attacked not long ago by a parasite. So I need to keep that in mind. Um, So for me, this has lasted a little bit longer. However, I've been well. I'm still working out. I I just have a lot of snot and I have have been getting over the cough. Um, My mum was put in hospital earlier in the week for pneumonia. So for her... You know, she she's not very active. Um, she's a nurse. She didn't. She w- won't take any of my herbs. My dad will. He's great. I, probably, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but mum, she you know she's a nurse. She she does her pharmaceuticals, and that's fine. But they obviously did not work, and this bug really settled in her chest, and her right lobe half filled up with fluid. So she ended up on oxygen in the hospital. Um, and she had to do IV antibiotics and she's taken oral antibiotics now. And, you know, for her, I know that that will then have ramifications for her gut health, which we've worked really hard to build up um, over the last 10 years even. So it could be worse. I, I want to talk to you guys about that. And, you know, not only immune enhancement and preventative medicine, but the fact that you're still probably going to get sick, but we can make it last less time and we can um, make the symptoms a hell of a lot easier to deal with, you know. So that's why I'm snotty. I thought I'd better explain that. <laughs> yes, I, I, I get sick. I get sick too. Um, we're not perfect, you know, but we just do our best. So when you look at herbal medicine, the the first thing that we try to do is prevent sickness, prevent you catching a cold, 
And the way that we do that is through boosting or bolstering your immune system. I have many clients who are teachers, teachers with the little ones. And um, before they came and see me, they'd have constant sniffly nose, uh, catch colds and flus really easily, um, be down with bronchitis for a couple of weeks a year, all those kind of things. So all that I do is put a little echinacea in their mix, you know, put a little andrographis in their mix, just keep those immune enhancing herbs in their mixes all the time you know they have other goals like so some of them are hormonal maybe um, I've got one teacher who wants to have a baba so we're working on her fertility but I always keep those immune herbs in there as well and these you know these ladies they come back and they're like you know this is great this is great but I haven't been sick and I'm like, fantastic. So if you work with people, you know, like with little ones who are germ infested or, or people who are sick or you work in a hospital, you may just need that extra support. I work one-on-one -on -one with people, you know, so I see a lot of sick people. So I'm going to get sick. So I need a little bit of immune enhancement, um, you know, on and off throughout the year. We want to enhance the body's natural ability to fight off infections itself. So if you come into contact with someone, um, you don't develop that. It doesn't turn into like a, a serious, um, you know, um, infection. Um, immune enhancement is definitely your first line treatment. Um, and it also doubles as infection control. So this is a really good way to start. Like I said, echinacea, which... Um, you know, I, I love echinacea and the gentleman who wrote the seminar that um, that I was talking about, he lives on echinacea. And I feel like nobody really knows how old he is because he's, <laughs> he's just ageless. He's amazing. He keeps, every year he does a presentation and he looks exactly the same. And he swears that echinacea is anti-aging and adaptogenic, so it helps you cope with stress, plus it has this immune function. So it's a really great all-rounder herb. What I want you to keep in mind is that you cannot go and buy echinacea off the shelf. You know, for me, I wish that nothing, nothing herbal was sold on the shelf. I wish that you had to come and see me and get something good quality made for you um, individually. And I know that that's a selfish uh, you know, thought, but the quality of the herbs on the shelf is not always great. Plus, I think that herbs work better together. They work better in synergy. Um, so it wouldn't just be an echinacea mix. It would be a blend of different things. Um, I understand that, you know, allowing it to be sold on the shelf, you know, gives access. But what I see on the shelf is echinacea flower water. You know, what is that? We want we want the root of some really specific echinacea. We don't want the flower. We don't want the stem. I've talked about parts of plants before, and it's really important that you get the right part of the plant um, to do the job and the right plant because there's multiple types, different species of echinacea as well. So um, just be mindful of that. When I talk about herbs, it's not, it's not as easy as grabbing it off the supermarket shelf. And... It should not, you know, I know that cost always kind of comes into this, but good quality echinacea is, is not 20 bucks. You know, you're probably looking at 40 bucks for a month's worth kind of thing. So there's those. You know, some of the other immune herbs we have um, can go all the way into fighting cancer. So actually, you know, um, 
it changed the way that your cell reacts to that cancer, um, which is amazing. So, you know, this is a very simple, simple start, but this is what we're looking at for common colds and infections. I mentioned andrographis. Andrographis has been uh, proven to show significant symptom improvement in a common cold. So that's fantastic. Um, and that's by day two. So if you start taking this, and one of the common misconceptions about herbs is that uh, they take a long time to work, you know. So if you just jump on the antibiotics, they're going to be a lot quicker. That is not the case. That is not the case. Angiographis has also been shown to be as effective as paracetamol in reducing a fever in tonsillitis. So amazing. I mean, why wouldn't we, why don't we use these herbs more instead of um, the, the antibiotics? Like, especially if we're becoming more and more resistant. So that's, that's probably my two top picks for the common cold. There's lots of other herbs. I use pelargonium for children, which is a beautiful, beautiful immune-enhancing herb. It's an African herb. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, you can use it for for little kitties because it tastes really good. <laughs> but it also has an affinity for children, which is beautiful. You can get specific herbs for specific infections, just like you can antibiotics. Um, the other one that is worth mentioning is golden seal. Golden seal is like our herbal antibiotic. However, an antibiotic only kills bacteria. So if you have a virus, your antibiotic is not going to do anything for you feeling sick. It's just going to be detrimental to your health. Golden seal is what we call antimicrobial. So it's antibacterial, it's antiviral, it's antiparasitic, it's anti, um, kills worms as well, antilimentic, menthic, I think is the way you say it. Um, so it, it covers a whole load of different bases. So if I don't know if it's viral or, or if it's bacterial, you can use golden seal and, and know that both of your bases are covered. Unfortunately, we can't do that with the pharmaceuticals, um, which is a real shame. Then you've got specific herbs for, you know, a sore throat. I've got a fantastic client who I'm seeing this week who had recurrent, recurrent glandular fever symptoms and and um, really incredibly broken up throat, you know. It was, it was constant issues with tonsils and throat and, and all those kind of things. And something as simple like licorice has changed her life. So we coat all those mucous membranes. We allow them to heal. We stop, um, you know, stop the cough from coming through and increase her immunity and do all this at the same time. And she's, she's doing so well. I ran into her mum and she just couldn't thank me enough, which is beautiful, you know, because, uh, you know, her daughter's not sick all the time now and, and run down. She was getting to the point where she was, you know, like chronic fatigue with, with the infections because they were just constant. So, yeah, look, we, we can use um, different herbs for specific symptoms as well. And everyone's different. I mean, you know, my husband got the same as what I have now and he didn't really have a cough. He, he definitely had fatigue and he had a snotty nose, but he didn't have a cough. For me, I have um, history of bronchitis, so my lungs are quite weak. So for me, if I catch anything, it goes there. For her, it's her throat. For other people, it's different. It can go into their sinuses. It might be headaches, migraines, those kind of things. Everyone's really individual, and so we treat the symptoms individually, which is how it should be. Now, sinusitis, I think... Um, 
you know, I'll, I'll touch on that now and go back to some of the herbs for some of the other bits and pieces because some of these herbs are really specific to sinusitis as well. Echinacea is a lymphatic clearer. So it clears out all the kind of congestion in your lymph glands. This is great for sinusitis because, it, you know, infection of the sinuses is really a congestive disorder. You know, when you've got um, hay fever or sinus, you really feel that blockage in your face. You can have pain, headaches, um, you know, you blow your nose, you can feel that it's there, but it won't come out. It's really quite a stuck stuck you know <laughs> congestive thing and I see it a lot in um, blue eyes so if you look at it from an iridology perspective if you've got a really blue and white eye you're more prone to this kind of thing um, especially mucusy stuff <laughs> unfortunately um, pelargonium which I mentioned before has had loads of research done on it for sinusitis which is really cool because, like I said, it tastes pretty good, which is unlike, you know, if, you, if you're if you a client listening and you know your herbs don't taste great, but you take them anyway because you know that they, they do the job. <clears throat> Excuse me. But pelargonium um, has been shown to, like, fight, completely fight and eradicate acute bacterial sinusitis, which is great. We take it in a tincture. It's not something you're going to be able to grab off the shelf. You'll have to come see me. Um... But, yeah, it's fantastic. And and like I said, for children in particular, if they get sinus, um, it's it's going to be great. going to be great. There's a couple of different types of sinusitis. And when I say sinusitis, I'm talking about infected sinuses. There's acute, um, you know, that you get it short term, it kind of goes away after a little while, but it's still bloody annoying. Then there's recurrent, so recurrent acute, so you get it, for short periods throughout the year, you know, constantly. It's just something that, yeah, my clients will come in and say, yeah, I get sinus all the time. You know, it lasts a couple of days to a week and it goes away and then it comes back. Um, and then there's subacute and then there's chronic. What I generally see is the acute and the recurrent acute. And this time of year, if this is your weak area and you, you know, you come into contact with a bit of a bug of some kind, this is what is going to get you unstuck is an acute flare up of sinusitis. Um, can be infection, can be allergy, can be a combination of both, you know, so you just, you're prone to that, that allergy response, um, in that area. Plus you, like I said, come into contact with a bug. So you've got both of those things working against you. Um, can be bacterial, can be fungal, can be viral. So we really need a herb that's going to cover all of those bases. We do not want to be putting in antibiotics for sinusitis when we don't know if it's a bacterial cause. It's the same with pneumonia. So, you know, they're pumping these antibiotics through mum and I'm going, but you don't even know the cause yet, you know? And yes, she's very sick. Um, and that's the best option at the time. And you guys know that I'm a huge believer in pharmaceutical medicine and I would happily take antibiotics if I needed them. But what I'm trying to get across is that we don't always need them. And if we use them less, they will work better when we do need them. So the last time I had antibiotics was for the parasite and they worked really well. I had been trying for a really long time to get rid of it herbally and it wasn't enough. So when I took that course of antibiotics, it really, it did knock me about. I was in bed for a week, but it killed the parasite. So, you know, when, when we look at those, those options, if you, if you down the road have something like that and you need to take 
a course of antibiotics, you want them to work at their optimum. And that will be if you haven't had them recurrently. Um, so with going back to science size, sorry, getting off track a little. Um, usually, so we all have staff in our nose. I don't know if you guys know that, but um, we all have staff and it can be an overgrowth of staff that causes it. Um, and often one of the staph toxins will be found in patients with chronic sinusitis. So from that perspective, we really, we really know that the antibiotics aren't the best option because that's a viral infection. So enhancing immunity is going to be our first protocol again. And, you know, I'm not overcomplicating it. I'm not, um, I don't think you need to. When I tell my students about what herbs they're going to kind of need for their first dispensary, we look at the versatility of herbs and the herbs that are going to do the job for us, again, are Echinacea, Andrographis, Pelargonium. Um, you could put, you know, I use a lot of thyme in my clinic because it's perfect for the throat, fennel, ginger. You could use things like mushrooms and cat's claw, but they get a little bit more expensive and it's unnecessary to really go up the ladder until it's a much more serious infection or, like I said, um, you know, immune debility like cancer that you're dealing with. Um, you can use things topically. We can make nasal sprays. We can do them internally as well. And, and what I try and do is all of that. So I highly recommend a throat spray. I would make a, um, you know, a nasal spray and a tincture that, that people would take internally and just hit it from all bases. We reduce the inflammation, you know, with any inflammatory herbs like licorice and um, bacon skull cap and ginger again are perfect for doing that. And um, if, if there's allergy, we, we use the anti-allergy herbs as well. Um, if you have sinus and chronic sinus and sinusitis, it's, it's really worth noting that those mucous membranes are so sensitive and what you don't want to be doing is rinsing them out all the time. So, you know, the, the saline things that you get from the pharmacy and you pump them up one side of your nose and pump them out the other. When I met my husband, he was doing this every single day. And it, it was probably the worst thing that you can be doing because what it does is it, dry, it cleans those mucous membranes and dries them out. And then they go, oh, we're dry. So let's produce more mucus. And you were doing it because it was full of mucus. So you develop this cycle of overproducing mucus. It's like when you wash your hair too much. And so your hair starts to produce more oil because it's being continually dried out. So you get oily hair. Um, it's really important that, yeah, you don't use these every day. I think they're great for when you are stuffy or sick or that kind of thing, but that is a short-term fix. So we don't want to be using that every day unless that saline solution has supportive herbs in it. So what we would do is put licorice in there, um, maybe some mullein, put some herbs in there, you know, take out some of that saline solution and put herbs in there to um, restore the mucous membranes and keep all of that you know, wetness about them while moving through some of the mucus, if that makes sense. So don't be doing this every day if you have chronic sinusitis. It's one of the worst things that you can be doing. Um, and it's one of the most commonly recommended things <laughs> if you go to the pharmacy. Mm. Sorry, I just have some of my tea. Um, the, other, the other thing that I've found really, really great for sinus is the salt therapy rooms. 
You may or may not have one of these close to you. We have a really cool place in Newcastle um, called the Salt Therapy Centre. So if you, well, I mean, for any, any, any of these things we're talking about today, you could go. But especially for sinus and asthma, you just go and you breathe the, the salt rooms in. I have salt lamps in my offices and I have salt lamps in my house. And I've recently just put one in the baby's room to start, you know, because I painted it and, you know, it's got a new rug in there and we, we do the best to have natural fibres and all that kind of stuff wherever we can. But the, the salt lamps, um, detoxifying, cleansing, and I also put a plant in there, a, a peace lily, because it cleans the, the air as well. And um, yes, I know she's not due till August, but I'm just prepping. I'm a Virgo, so I'm always pretty organised. <laughs> So I've put them in there just to take the paint smell out of her room and and start, you know, just cleansing those fibres and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you might be going, oh, she's crazy, but that's that's just how I am. So with your salt lamp, get one for home. If you are prone to this stuff all year round, put it in your bedroom. You never turn them off. Don't ever turn them off. Um, I have constant backup of little globes. So I'll just change the globe when it goes out and it goes out maybe once every three or four months and, and you just put a new globe in and it's fine. Um, but our salt lamp, we've got a huge one in our lounge room and it stays on always, always. And um, that, you know, we live in town. I've talked about it before. We live in town where there's lots of pollution and coal dust. So that really helps to keep our living space nice and, and clean as best we can. So if you have have something at the moment and you live in Newcastle, I say head to the head to the salt therapy center and, and have a sit and have a breathe and, and watch it work. It is so good for little kids with asthma or eczema. It's fantastic. Like it's one of the best natural things you can do and cheapest. So go and try that out. Um, I just think it's great. Um, you know, I can go into other infections but I think I think I might leave it there. I will I will just add that's been quite a technical kind of talk from one of my podcasts. I know that I try to do them for the general public, but you guys who are responding are very interested in details. So I hope I hope that you like that. Um, some of the other stuff that you can do and some of the stuff that I try and, you know, do every day and give my family and stuff like that is just through food. Um, huge fan of using food wherever I can. And the food that I'm really into at the moment is this stuff called Camu, Camu powder. You can check it out on my website. You can buy it on my website. Um, you can come into the clinic and grab some. But I, I just think it's fantastic. It's this, it's a fairly new superfood, if you like. I, I hate using the word superfood, but, you know, it explains it well. Um, and it's in a powder. And you just take it every day or in your smoothie, um, when you have a smoothie or when you're sick. And it provides you with a beautiful high dose vitamin C from a food source. A lot of my clients are also on um, tablets, like like vitamin C tablets, but there's only one that I will use because the rest are pretty crappy. Keep in mind that most of your ascorbic acid, your vitamin C powder, is made from um, leftover kind of byproducts of wheat. So we don't really want that in our body and, and our body doesn't really do much with it. And you'll know because you just rinse it out. You just weigh it out. So you want a really good quality vitamin C um, supplement or you want a food source vitamin C supplement. Vitamin C is the, one of the key things to our immune system, one of the key nutrients. 
and it's also the number one nutrient that your adrenal glands use. So when you seek under stress, you know, um, you know, it's not just mental stress. Your body can be under stress when it's unwell. You really want to be having enough vitamin C. You can eat your oranges and stuff like that, but it's um, it's like a you know, needle in a haystack compared to a specific, you know, high quality superfood food source, whatever. Zinc is one of the other really important components. So pepita seeds are beautiful, beautiful source of zinc. Make sure they're organic. Make sure they haven't been heated. If they're heated, they probably lost all their zinc. And then the other key thing to keeping your immune system functioning well is keeping hydrated. And lots and lots of health stuff comes back to drinking enough water. I know it's boring, but if you do not, if you're dehydrated, your immune system will be under a heavier toll. So we need to be staying hydrated throughout winter, um, which is sometimes hard because you don't want to drink water because it's cold. So I'd say do some teas. I've got a um, really, really awesome podcast coming up with a tea legend next fortnight. And um, you can get a beautiful immune tea made by her, uh, which I'd highly, highly recommend. Because you're getting your water intake with tea, plus all of her teas have medicinal effects. So if you can get it with a bit of, um, I think we talked about one that was immune enhancing that had elderberry in it. And I haven't talked about elderberry, but elderberry is very specific to that sinus area and mucus congestion and um, great for kids because it tastes really good. So that's an option as well. Make sure you keep your, your fluid up. I think that's all for today. If you have any questions, let me know uh, because, you know, I do my podcast kind of out of my head. Yeah, out of my head. <laughs> so um, I'll often ramble and, and, you know, might have talked about one thing and not finished it. Uh, anyway, if you have any questions, let me know. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. It, it really warms my heart when um, when I get the emails through about people listening into the podcast. Um, I re- yeah, I really appreciate it. So give me a yell. It's info at mgherbs.com.au and check out the website, www.mgherbs.com or you can jump on Facebook, MG Herbs or Instagram, MG Herbs Australia. So plenty of ways to stalk me and uh, contact me. I... Thank you so much for tuning in and um, I will talk to you in a fortnight. Bye for now.